Hello and welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion for Christmas Day, December 25th, 2007. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined each week by our team of Orlando experts, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. In this week's show, I'll tell you my picks for the top five news stories of the year, and the team will discuss the best and worst of 2007 in any number of categories. Kevin Close gives us his review of Les Chefs de France at Epcot, and we're going to give away a seven-night cruise on this, the final episode of the Diz Unplug Roundtable for 2007. All right, since this is our last show of the uh, of the year, can't believe it's our last show of the year, um, I thought we would, uh, you know, we, we're going to do a, a, our best and worst of a little later on in the show, and I thought I'd, uh, I, I picked like five news stories this year that I thought were the best news stories we covered, and one that I thought was the funniest. Mm. Um, the number five news story uh, from our January 16th show was uh, Tiggergate, I think is what I started calling it. <laughs> um, if you remember the, uh, uh, the incident with the family who was posing for a picture with Tigger, and there seemed to be an altercation with, uh, between Tigger and the teenage son, and this was all caught on video. And, uh, Poor Tigger. Yeah, well, Tigger <laughs> ended up winning yeah. the day. Um, the family ended up dropping its lawsuit. Um, after everybody on the planet looked at the video and was like, okay, that kid was doing something behind his back. but There are people um, on the boards that still have I support Tigger in their signature. <laughs> now, I, I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's, it, that was a, that was a, a I, I figured that was uh, probably the first juicy story we had, yeah. we no, had this year. A character hitting a kid, supposedly. Well, yeah. <laughs> now, actually, narrowing down the stories and, and putting them in a certain order was, was actually a little challenging mm-hmm. um, because some... There were some stories that you know could have been included, but I didn't. Uh, number four was just a, a story we kept covering all year: the low-income housing d- uh, oh, debacle. Yeah. What's that about? Out at Disneyland. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> could you go over it again? <laughs> That's still going on. It's still going on. Can It'll probably believe? still be it, going on it, next year. Yeah. 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 We'll be talking I, about this. Like I said, at this point, eight. at this point, the only reason I even bring it up is because it's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, at this point, it's just plain funny. And but it was, you know, it's been a very contentious issue out there. And it's actually, I think, in my opinion, anyway, it's it's cast Disneyland in a pretty bad light. It, it was not a good year for them um, on the PR front with that battle. But uh, you know, it was an important story. It was uh, you know constantly in the news. Um, the number three story I chose, and this you know might be a little controversial, but was uh, Disney Cruise Line's decision to raise taxes on the Panama Canal crossings. <laughs> and the reason I picked that one was because of the it was a great example of what the community can do when they speak with one voice because this was a loud, clear message to Disney Cruise Line. Don't you ever pull that with us again. Mm. And, you know, and Disney Cruise Line capitulated. They capitulated. And, and I, so I, I thought that story, you know, again, that had some teeth that actually did some uh, – that actually showed how, how, how strong the community uh, can be the number two story I picked was um, the story about the unions winning concessions from Disney and av- avoiding a strike. There was a, a period of time there where it looked almost imminent that uh, over this during the spring that they were going to go on strike, and uh, the u- unions usually lay down and play dead, and they didn't this time. They actually they actually mm-hmm. fought and they actually negotiated and got some concessions, not as many as they should have, but. It was better than nothing, and 
cast members ended up getting uh, you know getting some reasonable raises and yeah. some better benefits and anything that improves uh, that for cast members I think I, I don't think they can pay them enough Absolutely. that starts January 1st the new their new pay rate I'm not sure yeah I'm not sure probably I mean usually contracts go like that but my uh, my my pick for the number one story of the year I think the, the most important story uh, this year was the announcement that uh, Universal would be adding Harry Potter to Islands of Adventure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that of all the stories that we discussed this year, that had the most palpable reaction from the fan community in terms of, wow, you know, I never even thought about Universal before this, but now I'm going to have to go. And uh, they really rocked. They really rocked the town with it's that st- announcement. It's still in the news. You know, they, they started breaking ground uh, this past month or so. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the sites are still talking about it. And in 08, it'll be one of the topics all year long. Yeah. Especially that Disney isn't going to have the only castle in town anymore. That's right. Right. Um, but I thought that of, of all the stories that we covered this year, I thought uh, that was the story that was had the most impact on, on the tourist industry. Yeah. Um, and I intentionally left off uh, the whole um, outsourcing of Disney property mm. to Flamingo Crossing. Oh, cool! Just because I don't, I don't want to end the year on a rant. So, <laughs> but the funniest news story of the year, the one that just still tickles me to this day, was the story we covered uh, our May fifteenth show about the uh, Disneyland knockoff park on mainland China oh. <laughs> and the associated YouTube video that was up there with it, where you could see. These things, I think that is, while it's you know it's outrageous that they're ripping Disney off so much, it, it's just it was one of the funniest things I've seen um, in a long time. So as I was looking back through the news stories, I was like, yeah, that one that one really stuck out to me as 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 the funniest. Yeah. Freaky looking characters. Really, really disturbing looking characters. <laughs> disturbing looking. Parts. I don't think I'll bring my kids to see that. And you and know, Disney did the right thing. They just ignored it. it they never responded to it. But you see, you see something like that. You see, you know, something it's like that going on yet. in China, and then you know, you know, making toys out of roofies isn't such a stretch, you know. Yeah. So, but uh, those are my picks for uh, for the top news stories. Yeah. Well, I got something we're going to be talking about in 08. Oh, I can't no. see that, by the way. What, what is that? Oh my Bob gosh. For president. Uh, bumper stickers for Bob for president next year. Oh no! They started a whole thing. Who? Somebody. I don't know who. They have bumper stickers. My nods for Bob. Two cots in every garage. Vote Bob. I oh. su- I support the space program. Please move to the far here. end of the parking lot for best possible views. <laughs> And stormtroopers are my best friends. I think what was funnier was the person who wanted to know how long it was before you brought this up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's true. Well, let's see who won the office pool on that one. Maybe Bob can get an action figure at the American Pavilion. I didn't jump in on the post yet, but... Complete with card and lights for every holiday. I do have the bumper sticker ready to go. And it's upside down. Oops, sorry. Bob in 08. At least he won't be our first president who can't speak properly. Yeah. So Say nuclear. Nuclear. Bobisms instead of Bushisms. <sighs> that news story on the 4th of July, that wasn't a big one? Huh? The naturalization of the That wasn't people. a news story, though. That was the second one. Well, that was not it? an intentionally funny news story. <laughs> oh. 
That was funny because of the way you delivered it. <laughs> okay. That certainly made it into our best of, uh, you know, best I mean, of that's show. That's true. But okay. In terms, I, I was looking for stories that, you know, had significance in terms of, you know, what we talk right. about here. So That's true. Um, I'm sorry. And he's got this Bob, Bob 08 bumper sticker now that I got to stare at this garbage. Where'd you get that, Bob? Did you I'm so glad I sit the, over it's here. On the, it's on the... Uh, <laughs> thread oh you print it out let me see yeah let me see yeah you can have one i have more yeah i'm sure you do i can't wait to put this on my car yeah i want to i want you to duct tape you have to duct when you put these on your car when you print them out in your printer you have to duct tape them to your bumper sticker so if you really want the uh the the official varley experience if you want the varley look you've got to make sure you use duct tape so let's get this straight we're playing bob we're paying bob to nap and print out bumper stickers apparently (laughs) the next time you ask for reimbursement for ink you're in big trouble. <laughs> I don't. I have that. In dis- in- yeah, don't get him started on his oh, ink. Please, oh, please. Don't get him God. started on the ink. <laughs> Bob, Bob, buys his ink. Bob buys his ink by, by the, the gallon. gallon. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Bob buys his printer ink by the gallon. And he has his printer uh, with all these tubes coming out of it. Yes, he does. It looks like a science project. <laughs> I feel like I just walked into Dr. Brown's it, laboratory. It looks like he made the printer himself. Yeah, but I'm not spending $45 on a, a cartridge every week or two. How much does a gallon of ink cost you? About uh, 30 bucks, And that lasts about a year. Not with the way you print. No, I was going to say, not with the, not with the. You well, know, it's the photo quality print. I one have, of those gallons probably get you through a podcast. I have the Epson eighteen hundred, and then he shows up with those emails that are so light you can't read them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kevin just spit out his coat. It Snapple. looks like Niagara Falls headed for John. I have better. I'm really sorry. <laughs> you said that just. I did a spit take. Oh. You did an actual spit. He did a. He did you a real life spit take. <laughs> that first, wasn't intentional. I thought you gleeked, and I was like, "Man, that was a lot." <laughs> no, I had just drinking diet iced tea, and oh. he does show up with those emails. They're <laughs> legible. <laughs> They're practically but in braille. I've got, got better at this, but he's got gallons of ink. <laughs> I do. Apparently, oh. he's just not using it. This is why it lasts so long. <laughs> he keeps adding water to the ink. I'm snorted. Well, if you water it down, it'll last longer, right? I'm sorry, you're all wet. No, okay. What color is that? Light gray. <laughs> I'm never going to print a picture for you guys again. I was never. just about to if say you, that. Look, I'm sorry. If you are going to walk in nice here ones. with your own bumper sticker for president, okay. you deserve whatever you get. We have some that you printed for us that are very nice, Bob. We appreciate you and using some of your. I ink. appreciate you. Appreciate <laughs> Here's the sound effect to go along with that. <laughs> using some of your ink. Some of your ink. It is a good system. I'm pretty sure all the photos on that wall were printed by you, Bob, except for That's the. Right. Guess who? Those are all printed, <laughs> and they're all waterproof ink and oh. ink paper. In case you want to go swimming with your picture. <laughs> Are you having a good time? Yes. <laughs> Anybody want a bumper sticker? No, that's okay. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for our uh, our best of news segment. <laughs> All right. Uh, a segment I thought I'd, I'd like to do as we wrap up the year was kind of like a best of. Uh, some of the things we thought uh, stood out this year. And... Um, these guys, I haven't discussed this with these guys. I've kind of come up with my own list here. I'm going to throw out my suggestions, and we're going to bat them around a little bit. I'm going to start off with best theme park. Uh, what theme park? It, you know, 
did uh, something you know extraordinary this year, improved itself. I'm giving the nod to Animal Kingdom for two reasons. Uh, the addition of Yak and Yeti, the restaurant, uh, which I thought was a, a real cool addition. Um, and then, of course, the, the switch over at Tusker House, which obviously uh, you gave uh, high marks to. And the fact that, you know, Expedition Everest drew a lot of visitors into that park. It made Animal Kingdom a player, really, for the first time and took a nice chunk out of Universal's business. So, you know, from a st- from that standpoint, I give the nod to Animal Kingdom. Finding Nemo in that park also, the, the stage show. The stage show. show, yep. Yep, they put a lot of time and effort into Animal Kingdom to try and make it more relevant and more uh, more appealing to a wider group of people. And I think, you know, a lot of changes that, they, that they're making and that they have made, they're accomplishing it. But I'll open it up to discussion. I have, mine would be have to be Epcot because it's what, made me want to do store tours those shops all those the countries and seeing all that it you know epcot is one of my favorite parks anyway but it's not a place where we always spent a lot of time we normally just went for food and wine so it kind of opened up my eyes to all that nothing i mean you know spectacular spectacular happened there that i can think of but that'd be my well, reason I, I agree with epcot uh number one the the 25th anniversary that they had this year they did a nice job on that. Well, I thought about that, too, but the only reason they did it was because the fans held a gun to their head. Yeah. Well, that, and too. That's, and that's why I, I, I really didn't consider that too much, because it wasn't something they did. They had to play catch-up because the fans were doing more than they were going to do. I but, have to say the Magic Kingdom. I think they took two classic attractions this year and really brought them up. I think they did a really good job. We're all kind of hesitant when they say they're going to upgrade an attraction or rehab it. It's like, what are you going to do to it? And I think with the Pirates and Haunted Mansion, they did a superb job. And then the castle, decorating the castle, the castle for Christmas. Lights, I think, really look great. And Christmas, yeah. I'm just flopping all over the place. I like them all. <laughs> yeah, really, but we try and narrow it down to one. Okay. Uh, but... Uh, what about, uh, I don't have a suggestion on this, Kevin. What do you think in terms of best restaurant? Uh, without hesitation, I would say Narcissus. Narcissus? I agree with him. Mm-hmm. I think it was the best meal we had this year. Uh, I think it was also the biggest surprise to me. I had not been there before. I think as far as a restaurant and a theme park, it encompasses everything you need it to be. It's casual. It's elegant. It's excellent food in a superb location. I don't think it can be beat. I think... I think better food-wise was Portobello Yacht Club, but Narcusi's really ties it all up with the ambiance and the feel. And the I would say if we we're going to ask a question, what's the most improved, I would say Portobello Yacht Club. Mm-hmm. Portobello Yacht Club went from really good when it first opened to not so great, but really surprised us with us, that outstanding meal. Yeah, I've had a few good meals over there. Uh, in terms of best resort, I... I give the nod to the Swan Dolphin, and even though we have a business relationship with them, um, really and truly, the the recent rehab they just spent—I don't know—I forgot how many millions of dollars uh, rehabbing um, everything from their lobbies to their rooms. Um, they've upgraded all the rooms, the amenities in the rooms. They've got the heavenly beds. I'm sorry, they've got the best, most comfortable beds on property yeah. right now. Disney has nothing that approaches uh, those beds. Uh, the addition of the spa, the Mandara spa, and the kind of pricing that they give. I mean, it is not difficult to get a one forty nine, one fifty nine a night rate. And you are your next door to two resorts that routinely get three hundred dollars a night. There were a lot of people that came to the meet that were very surprised. It was their first time at the Swan and Dolphin. They just couldn't believe how nice it was, and especially the view from up there where we were. 
they moved away. They, they, they moved away from the whimsical and they went to the elegant. Hmm. And without making, without being pretentious and without being uh, uncomfortable, you walk in. It's an elegant experience now without making you feel like, oh, this is too, this is too upscale. Oh, the pinks and the. And yet they and they're able to offer the level of service they are, the quality of the product they offer at the price point that they give. I'm sorry, I, I, I that for me, I, I absolutely have to give them the nod on that. I was thinking of I was thinking of that resort, but I was hesitant because of our affiliation with them. Well, saying, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I'm comfortable that my decision is not based on that affiliation. Right. If I thought there was another hotel that deserved it, that would get it. At the end of the day, we sell every single Disney resort, so it's not like right. you're right. Yeah, we're no. pinning one against the other. I mean. Yeah, but I mean, I like to make it clear that we know when we do when I'm talking about something a company that we do have a financial relationship with. I do like to make yes. that clear, but I also want to make it clear that that is not ever, ever a consideration for what we discuss on this show. I won't allow it. So, um, but Swan Dolphin, I, I unless anybody disagrees with me, I, I really think Swan Dolphin gets the nod. Yeah. Um, now, best attraction uh, or best, uh, I guess we can say best attraction. Uh, I'm given the nod, even though I haven't done it. Um, I'm going to give the nod to Haunted Mansion because that has gotten the most rave reviews um, with that rehab, as you had just mentioned that they taken you know they messed with the classic and they and they did it right. Um, but that's open to discussion. I love Expedition Everest. I think it's a great ride. Expe- I mean, I like what they did with the Haunted Mansion, but I mean, I've been on it the theming, plenty of times. The theming on Expedition Everest is, is oh, it's ph- really cool, phenomenal. Yeah. We might have to split this one, too. That's the best new attraction, I think. Okay. Best new attraction, yeah. Yeah. And I think the best oh. overall attraction, that what they did to the Haunted Mansion, I agree with Pete. Yeah. And I got to go, I got to say Pirates. You like that better? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, they did do a good job there. Yeah, I'm ba- I base that on reaction. The kind of reaction I saw from you guys and the kind of reaction I was reading on the site. Um I really that was that was the rehab that seemed or the thing that seemed to really engage people the most this year in terms of a Disney attraction and I love when they can breathe new life into something like that and they can give something It's fun to go and find the things that they've changed especially if you haven't been on the ride in say yeah. a year you're like okay what was on the ride before you know <laughs> Well I think what they've done is they the Haunted Mansion while it's a classic there was a couple of those you know sort of dark ride parts to it that were I, I Dare I say cheesy? Mm. The neon spider web and things like that. And what they've done is they've taken those and they've brought them up several levels. Yeah. So that now it's it it it, it, it now has it now deserves its reputation. If the, that would be the way I would put it. Well, I'm glad you talk about deserving reputation because my next category is most popular for no good reason. <laughs> um, and uh, we we you know I, I my vote goes to Lacellier right now. Uh, most popular for no good reason, getting a lot of mixed reviews. The uh, change of chefs has had a palpable impact on the reviews it's getting and the kind of comments that are coming out about the food. And, uh, you know, we talk about how overhyped this restaurant is, and that's why I, that's why I gave it the nod, but you might, you might disagree. Oh, I do. I pick Ohana. Ohana? Ohana. Uh, I- I'm sorry. What's the category again? Most popular for no good reason. I picked Bob. <laughs> but I guess that's not the same thing. <laughs> Let's see that coming. <laughs> I would have to say Ohana. I don't see why Ohana has the reputation it has. I don't. I don't think the entertainment's good. I don't think the food's good. I think the only thing it has going for it is its location and its view. Other than that, 
They could bulldoze it and start over, and I think it would be okay. And you talk about a restaurant where the lobby is full, and people are waiting to get in there, and you can't get an ADR. It's just crazy. I don't get it. Don't you think Rainforest Cafe popular for no good reason? I mean, think about when you go to eat there. You can't get in. Well, I think that's more because of its location, okay. uh, where it and where not it is. People want but to I go think, there. Yeah, yeah, I think the popu- I think Ohana. He's right. Ohana has. I think Ohana and Le Cellier, I think can, can exist on the same plane there. Yeah. That they have these wild, fanatical followings, yet they really don't deliver on on any kind of value for what you're paying. I'm going to let you know what I think. We have our Christmas Eve reservation, so this is um, now. I re- I'm going to have to give it. The benefit of the doubt, it's Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. But we'll let you know what we think. There's three of us going to that meal, so we'll let you know. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a review for the uh, for the new year. Yep, we'll the first one. first one of the new year. Wow. Brave way to start it off. <laughs> Best kept secret. I have I have said this for, for years. I stand by it. Yacht Club Galley at the Yacht Club is the best kept secret, at I least agree. in terms of a dining experience on property. Phenomenal food, great service, never full. You can walk into this restaurant. I have never had to make a reservation. I have walked up to this restaurant so many times, got seated right away, and you get the del- I mean, and the food is terrific. The pricing is really is really reasonable. They take the Disney dining experience. Um, I, I I can I have never understood why this restaurant remains half empty almost every time I'm in there. And so if you're having trouble getting ADRs and you want a really nice meal, like a, a nice sit-down meal, mm-hmm. this is a place to go. And it's not going to break the bank. It's not going to break the bank. I mean, w- over the summer, we had six of us, seven of us, uh. ate there. Yeah. And I don't think the bill was $200. I mean, it was really reasonable. I think, Corey, and I, we've eaten with you there like two or three times. Yeah. It's really funny. Yeah. I, I mean, when, <laughs> I, when, I'm over, when I'm over there, if I don't feel like going through the rigmarole of waiting an hour to get a table. Oh, I um, love that place. Just I love to go over there. I'd love to go over there. I think the best kept secret would be the Museum in Morocco. I mean, it's not a secret, really, but every time that, well, I know the one time that Corey and I went in there and any other time I've walked by there, there's never anyone in there. And it's nice and cool and quiet. I mean, it's a nice place to take a nap (laughs) or just get away from the crowd. I think mine would be a secret in plain sight. I would mention the Plaza Restaurant in the Magic Kingdom. Mm Mm-hmm. I think people complain about the fact that all well, you have are hot dogs and hamburgers as far as counter service is concerned. And I think this is a nice alternative with some healthy choices. And Bob mentioned something recently. If you really want a, the best kept secret, go upstairs in Columbia Harbor House. There's a great walkway over the, the area between Fantasyland and Liberty Square. And there's seats up there and it's quiet. And if you're looking for some place to go with a baby who's napping or an adult who's napping, that's really a nice place, and it's usually empty. Mine's more specific than that. I think the best-kept secret is that there are um, self-service soda fountains at Earl of Sandwich, and you can go and get refills at Earl of Sandwich. I think I think uh, Earl of Sandwich is a best-kept secret, too. I agree. I think it's one of the best fast-food places there are, but the fact that you can go in and get a soda, and then after you're done eating, you can sort of get another one and walk around with it, and as long as you're cup doesn't disintegrate and yeah. keep getting soda. Yeah. I have one over in Epcot, Pete. Over in Japan, there's a girl that comes out and makes candy, rice candy, into different kinds of animals. 
and uh, it, they're free. So if you're out there, I believe it's Tuesdays through Saturdays that she's, she's out there. And I recently had a eagle made for me, and it's it's edible candy, but she puts it on one of those chopsticks, and it starts out in just a, a little ball of candy, and she'll add coloring to it and then just with a little pair of scissors make the wings and and the neck and everything it's it's amazing to watch her and, and not many people know that she's there when you say it's free she does it a couple times and she gives her work away yes. but she's not going to stand there and do one for every yeah. no yeah it's it's if you happen to get picked and uh, and lucky to get one then you, you get it but i just found out she's uh the the new the last in a a long line of generations who have been doing this and she's the first female in her family to do it. Her family's been doing it for centuries. Yeah, wow. she, she wow. was a really nice. It's a form of artistry woman. that's yeah passed down from generation to generation. She's the first female. It's right. fascinating. So wow. it's right there at, at the uh, entrance to the the shops for Japan down below. You'll see a little table there. Right. Well, cool. that's my secret. Um, my next one is uh, the best deal of the year. Now, I was inclined initially to say the uh, the free dining package that Disney offered this year, but I pulled back from it because they only gave like a three week window hmm. to use it. It wasn't widely available, and it forced people to make a decision as to whether or not they get free dining or pull their kids out of school. So instead, I give the nod to the eighty six dollar ticket yep. from Universal. Yep. That is the best theme park admission deal I've seen in years. Um, the, it was $86, seven consecutive days, both their theme parks. And uh, I'll, I'll plug it right now in just in saying that I really do not expect that deal is going to be going on next year. Um, I think at the end of this year or the early part of January, they're going to pull this deal. So, if, And there, there's no expiration date on those that, tickets. That's unbelievable. That was the thing is that you know you could buy the ticket this year and – Use it um, in 2010. Use it, yeah, exactly. When There's Harry, no expiration Harry Potter Land opens up, you'll be able to use the ticket if you if buy wisely now. Correct, correct. So, and again, we have a you know we have a a, a a business relationship there, but as I said before, it's no doubt about it. That was that was the best deal. Had they had they made uh, free dining a little more available, um, you almost have to go with that because it is such an incredible deal when they do the free dining packages, but um, doing it for such a limited amount of time this year and the weeks they picked to force people to travel, I thought were unfortunate. So I give that nod to Universal. Anybody else disagree? Anybody else think there was a better deal out there? There was a better deal. However, it's really opinion as to whether it's a deal or not. They were pretty much giving away the transatlantic cruises. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, if that was something you could do, there were people who were traveling for an incredibly reduced rate. Yeah, like for $1,000. Right. Yeah. They were spending like 12, 14 days on yeah. that ship. But that was the problem is that most of that was at sea. And so, you had to fly home. Right. And you had to fly yourself so home. So is that really a deal if you have to add the airfare to it and right. get back? But So any other best of categories that I didn't mention that you guys think we should? Um, I have one best beer on property. It's definitely the Sweet Magnolia Brown at Big River Grill at the Boardwalk. It's a seasonal beer. I have to agree with him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's seasonal, but it's definitely sorry. the best beer on property. I know Bob has a different opinion. He likes a different one. Oh, I like that light one. Uh, I can't remember it now. 
<laughs> what was the best store tour, Julie? What was oh, the best store? The best store I would have to go with France. France over Japan? She's, she's been back to just, France several times to buy soap for people and us. I, was, I, I would say my favorite store in Epcot is Japan. To yeah. me, you can actually get lost in there. Yeah, you can. It's an immersion. See, mine, is a, mine was a tie between France and the UK. I just really but like both of those. What they have to offer and their setup and everything. You guys were talking about uh, best stage show. What do you think? Uh, what do you think gets a nod in that? This year, I thought the "Twas a Night Before Christmas" stage show uh, for the Christmas party was the best. I agree. Me too. They stepped it up. Kevin, you like the candlelight processional? I think the candlelight processional can't be beat. And I think it, because it goes on so long, it's one of those things that it, it's, it, to me, it just, it's the best. I have to agree with Kevin. Unfortunately, we've never seen that. So Yeah, I have no point of reference. We did see a lot of people lining up for it yesterday, though. Yes, we could. Yeah, I could agree. I mean, I haven't seen, I mean, I, I watched the video that we took of the Twas, Twas the Night Before Christmas, and it was. It was an awesome show. But I love I love Candlelight Procession. Yeah. I think I'm going to have to tell you that I think that's the most improved show this year. Really? Yeah. Um, when we went and saw it, I told you about it. I thought it was crisp and clean and Broadway caliber this year. Yeah, the it was dan- a good. It was very. Yeah, I was surprised how how good the uh, the performers seemed. Yeah, and I've seen that in years past and thought it was just something that if you walked out, no one would care. I mean, it was just one of those things that it's like this is okay. I thought this year was actually good. So, yeah, I guess I would have to agree that that's the most, the most improved. How about best fireworks? Best fireworks. All right, I have this one. The fireworks from the Pirates and Princesses Party. That's my choice as well. They're yeah. spectacular. And I was torn between the 25th um, anniversary fireworks of Illuminations. I've never seen it, but I saw the video. And it looked really cool. And... And like the specialty fireworks that they do for Halloween, Christmas, and pirates. So I'm going to tell you, I wasn't. I didn't stay long enough to see the 25th anniversary fireworks. We got there real early in the morning, so we cut out before they were they came on. Yeah, so I, I watched pirate, video. pirate and princess party. The, the, that 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 fire those fireworks are, I think, roundly considered by many people to be the best fireworks show on property. I mean, everybody yeah. raves about that. It's popular, uh, very popular. I te- tell you the uh, the Christmas wishes. Uh, during the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, rivaled the uh, I Pirates. I thought they were good one. too, Bob. You know, I I thought they were better than the Pirates this year. That's, I prefer my, Halloween and Christmas over Pirate and Princess, but yeah. All right, so that that's our uh, that's our take on the best of this year. All right, and Kevin Close has a review for us of Chefs de France at Epcot. We were just recently had the opportunity to go to the Candlelight Processional to um, see Cheetah, Cheetah Rivera perform and quickly called up and made an ADR for Chefs de France. It was one of those things that it was kind of a last minute thing. I think I did it maybe a week in advance and had no trouble getting an ADR. Yeah, usually you can get a, an ADR there pretty easily. Well, we had a four o'clock. ADR, and we showed up on time. Absolutely no problem. We were told that it would be a few moments before we were seated, and we were... I don't think we waited three minutes before they called us in. Once we were inside, there is a phalanx of people in 
black suits, all standing around with their hands behind their back, looking official in French. And they were doing this really weird stage whispering thing. And they wanted to know if my mother brought her own wheelchair and if she was going to stay with the wheelchair. And this went back and forth. This went on for about 30 seconds of a very animated stage whispering. And my high school French, all I know how to say is it's hard to find domestic help and I know how to ask where Sylvia is. That's about it. <laughs> it's hard to so, find domestic help. I do. That's, I do know. It's, c'est difficile de trouver des domestiques. N'est-ce pas? Uh, so that's it. <laughs> that doesn't come up very often. Boy, so. I just flashed back to high school French. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what it was. They they were there was pointing and French stage whispering and it was pointing. Well, they and glancing and pointing and finally they came over and said okay and gave us what I consider to be the best table in the entire restaurant. All right. I. I I don't know what it was about. I don't know if maybe they wanted to know where she got the wheelchair. I have no idea. <laughs> maybe they heard about your Wolfgang Puck Cafe the- experience. <laughs> so I don't know what what was what the problem was. I don't know if there was a problem. It was it was an, a couple of minute, a couple of seconds of what's going on. And again, they showed us the best table in the restaurant. We sat in the smaller room off to the side. We had a table right in the corner, so we had a view of that fountain between the perfume store, the um, the Guerlain store, and the restaurant. We were overlooking the International Gateway, and we had a view of uh, Père Noël, France's Santa Claus, talking to the kids. So, uh, again, we had absolutely a spectacular table. Uh, our waiter came over and was talking to some people directly behind us, and he was trying to figure out if they had the Disney dining plan. And... Being Disney geeks, we all know what that is and what it means. And he said to them, he asked if they had the Disney dining plan. And they said, well, they were on that plan where you got to eat anything you wanted. And that just didn't register with him. And he said, I won't imitate his French. No, do it. You have to do it. (laughs) Is this the Disney dining plan? And they said, no, we're not on the Disney dining plan. And he says, are you sleeping in a Disney hotel? <laughs> At which point we were hysterical. That he it, it just boiled down to what are you doing? Come to find out, these folks had the candlelight processional package. Once he got them squared away, he came and uh, approached us, and it's here that I have to say something. I have a feeling that people in France have the reputation they have for the simple fact that because of the way they speak, they are very dismissive in the way they talk to you. It's almost as if they don't really have time. In an unintentional way. In an unintentional way. Um, once we ex- we started talking to our server, I, his name was Tomas, and I apologize. He's By the time you hear this review, he'll be gone. He's going home. His have- time oh. is up, oh. and he's uh, actually only staying through the holiday. And then he goes back to France to work. So... Uh, he was wonderful. He was charming. He was funny. He was informative. However, when he first approached our table, they have that sort of dismissive quality. My mom asked if they st- still still served those crusty French rolls with their bread, and he looked at her almost as if she was a little slow and said, of course, this is France. So it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know, 
are you crazy? That was the attitude he gave her. However, he was wonderful. We couldn't say enough nice things about him. Chefs de France, in my opinion, is one of those places that was very good. Went through a uh, stage where it was not very good. And we hadn't been back in quite a while. I have to say, it was very, very good. Wasn't it? I a had a great experience there as well. surprise to us. There were three of us. We each ordered a soup. Uh, John and my mom each had the French onion soup. I'm not going to attempt these names in French. It's French onion soup. Something all fromage. Isn't that what it is? Um, hang on. Let me put my glasses on. <laughs> it is soup à l'oignon gratiné. I love that. Okay. It's French onion soup. And they both raved about it. A rich it beef is. broth with Terrific. tender onions. There's a slice of that French roll on top and Gruyere cheese baked into a crock. Uh, that runs five ninety five. I had the lobster bisque. It's bisque du homard. Is also out of this world. I actually what? ate the lobster. Yes, I ate the lobster bisque. That's how oh good it was. God. That's how good it was. I agree. Um, and each cup of soup comes with a beautiful, crispy French roll and butter. Now... Those of us who live here in Florida will tell you that it's very difficult to find crispy bread mm. in Florida. It just seems that they tell me there's something to do with the water. This is a crispy French roll. You actually get crumbs on well, your plate you know, and things make, like they, that. They pretty much make the bread with water out of the pool. Well, it, it tastes good. I don't care where they get the water, actually. I'm uh, saying the regular Florida bread. It's so oh, chlorinated. Really? The water is so chlorinated. The lobster bisque is $6.25. But Both soups that we tried, there was a... a <laughs> We asked what the soup of the day was, and he said it was a vegetable soup. And he was asked, is it a clear vegetable broth? And he said yes, until we add the cream. <laughs> is, it, is it a clear broth? Of course. And then we put in the cream. <laughs> That's not clear anymore. I also have to tell you that our waiter smelled so good that we had to ask him what kind of cologne he was wearing. Really? Come to find out, it's available in three places in the United States. It's unbelievably expensive and they're out of it so so it's a french cologne actually it's made by christian dior for men it's oh. called bois d'argent and you can buy it in three places in the united states beverly hills new york city or the Wynn hotel in las vegas and it comes in three sizes and the smallest size is 125 dollars, and all they have is the 500 milliliter size which is 450 dollars. john was going to get some for christmas and i think 450 dollars is too much of a commitment for cologne yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a that's a pretty heavy that's investment a has nothing to do with the restaurant in France except our waiter smelled really good. Uh, they have a special entree that is on the menu at this time. It's only available until 7 o'clock, and it is their three most popular menu items. It's called the French Menu. It comes with the onion soup. It comes with a half of a natural roasted chicken with basil mashed potatoes and a braised tomato and creme brulee. This is $32.95, and if you price out these items, it actually works out that you're saving about 7 or $8. My mom ordered this. This is If you're looking for an experience in a, the French restaurant with a sort of Americanized twist, this is onion soup, roasted chicken, and vanilla pudding. It's really, really good. Mm. Um, it is their three most popular items. The soup, as I said, was terrific. The roasted chicken, it was a half of a chicken, came out absolutely beautiful. And uh, a little um, terrine of mashed potatoes with basil. The potatoes could have been a little warmer. We actually sent them back and had them warmed up a little bit. But they were delicious. They were quite tasty. And uh, I'll get to dessert later, but her dessert was included. She had the vanilla creme brulee. I ordered 
the macaroni and cheese. It's gratiné de macaroni. And the preparation was different than what I expected. The menu reads baked macaroni with cream and Gruyere cheese. And I assumed it was going to be a more Americanized version of macaroni and cheese where it's all baked together. This is tubes of um, pasta, big thick tubes of pasta baked in cream. Then they layer a mm. piece of or some cheese on top and bake it under the oven. The cheese is not throughout the dish. Each little macaroni will not be covered with cheese. It's more of a, a, a very heavy, rich cream sauce. And it's good. It's $17.95 and you get a great big healthy portion of it. However, it's so rich and so thick that half of mine stayed on the plate. Really? And it wasn't because it was bad. It was because it was unexpected, and it was so rich. Heavy. That, yeah, none of us could finish it. Mm-hmm. it. It's it's the kind of thing that if you want to try it, I would recommend you all order something else. and Split get this. that among you. Yes. I don't think any one person could sit and eat this. It was that rich. It was kind of so rich that you. I, I don't think I can say it any different. You just couldn't eat it all. And that's all you got was the macaroni and cheese? Well, my mom ordered a half a chicken. Oh, you okay. knew she wasn't going to eat all that. Right. She's and, not a big eater. And I had had a soup, and John ordered a big meal. Plus, we did eat at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So we had eaten a lunch. So we were we knew that at, with the, trying to get through the candlelight processional, yeah. afterwards, we would never have gotten into a restaurant. So we just tried to um, sort of fit a dinner in very early. I, so I, I thought, just didn't know if something came with the... Nope. It just, it, that's what it was. It was just the baked macaroni and cheese. And again, it's not bad. It's just very, very filling and very, very rich. However, the winner at the table was John. John ordered something uh, called beef short ribs braised in Cabernet wine on a bed of polenta. I love polenta. This is plat de Côte de Boeuf au Cabernet et polenta de Savoie. And that was twenty six ninety five. Boy, that sounded good. You should have been French, Kevin. I think I might have been. <laughs> when you order these, do you, do you try to order it in French? Or no, do you I had just to order the macaroni the and chicken. cheese. Okay. <laughs> and Tomas was, he was affable enough and likable enough that anytime you attempted French, he kind of laughed and okay, said, yeah. okay, you want the macaroni and cheese, right? <laughs> so uh, John had the clear winner. Go ahead. You tell him about your meal. It was a surprise to me in that it wasn't, a rib in, in how we picture ribs to be. It was sort of one giant rib. However, <laughs> it was cooked so tender and so it was cooked in this wine sauce and had such a great flavor. Just fell off the bone, took your fork and fell off the bone. But somehow they got the spices through the meat. It was like as you flaked away the meat, you could see the spices I and the garlic. An injector. They must have injected the meat. Oh my God, this was good. Have you ever had table envy? Yeah. Where you order something at dinner and the person sitting next to you has something way better than what you have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was one of those things. When they first set it down, you, the, the aroma just made you take notice. And then he says, here, do you want to try a bite? And it was real hard to keep my fork off his plate. It was that good. <laughs> the polenta was wonderful. It was a nice soft polenta and swimming in that juice. And it came with... Um, little carrots on the side which were done perfectly it was just a great meal Mm. fantastic meal this was it was a a great setting we were watching the crowds go by it was a warm day that we went we've got some cool weather now but this was a warm day so it was nice and cool inside and as i say our waiter was affable and friendly it started out where he was a little aloof in french but he turned around and our meal was superb just superb 
Altogether, the meal came to about $94 after tax. Wow. And with the Disney dining experience, it was $75 for the three of us to eat. Now, we had... Oh, I'm sorry. We had two cappuccinos afterwards. John had a regular and I had a decaf. And I am going out on a limb. This is the best coffee on Disney property. Mm. This is as good as the press pot at Boma. Really? This is as good as the Kona press pot at the Poly. That's good. People need to know. This is excellent coffee. Now, I didn't, I didn't, I'm not talking about the little cafe in back where you walk yeah. through the line. I'm talking in the restaurant. I had a cappuccino that was killer. Really, really good. Uh, as I said, the creme brulee came with the dinner, and we all took a bite of it. It was a simple, classic presentation of vanilla creme brulee with the the burnt sugar topping, and it came with a madeleine, uh, a nice, soft, spongy cookie tasting like lemon. I was absolutely, positively surprised by this. We all walked away and all decided that we would be making an ADR for no good reason. Now... We considered this a working dinner, so we kind of ordered across the, the menu. And I would happily go back for dinner without it, hesitation. It, it, for me, it was one of the best surprises because I, I, I generally have, I have dismissed that restaurant for years. I ate there once a few years back, didn't like it, didn't have a good experience. So I just, I just dismissed it, as you, as you had said. And then I had gone in there, it was earlier this year. And uh, and had lunch, and was stunned, stunned at how good it was, stunned at how good the service was, and then we had gone back. Walter and I had gone back for dinner one night, and again, f- fantastic. The, the food, the service, everything was just, and we, we just walked right in. When I was a little kid, I remember walking by that restaurant, and always thinking it was the most expensive restaurant. Yeah, because it looks very expensive with all the, the windows and the, the linen on the table. The wine glass. I'm like, wow, on the that table. must be really expensive to eat in there. But. When you walk by at night, the quality of light coming out of this restaurant. Oh, say that too. It looks like a painting. Yeah, it's yeah. beautiful. It's the most beautiful restaurant in the World Showcase, in my opinion. I agree. It's one of the only ones that you can actually see into and mm-hmm. see the whole restaurant just walking by. You can have table envy from outside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if this was, if this restaurant had the reputation that La Cellier had, I would understand it. This is the kind of place that I am surprised that people are not fighting to get into. The food was that good. There are also seven desserts that are all priced at seven dollars and twenty-five cents. Really reasonable prices too. I'm mm-hmm. surprised. And we were. This is not a lunch menu. We had the dinner menu. Um, someday, if you ever catch me in the park, you can ask me about the story that Julie alluded to, and I'll tell you in person. Well, uh, that's going to be taken out. Yeah, oh, okay. I was about to that's say gonna that. That's going to be taken out. Sorry, yeah. never mind. What did I leave off? There are seven uh, dessert entrees, all reasonably priced, or dessert um, items that are all reasonably placed, priced, and they do have a great children's menu. The children's menu comes in the shape of a chef's hat with Remy from Ratatouille on it. And again, we had table envy. We watched a child not too far from us order the croquette de boeuf en brioche. And what this is, is this is two little steak burgers. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Two little steak cheeseburgers on French rolls served with French fries. And that's $8. Now, I keep hearing about how you can never find anything good for your kids to eat. That sounds when, good. When we start coveting what the children were having. That's, that's good. Yeah, these looked these looked like they were really, really good. So they also have um, some other entrees for children. They have uh, pan-roasted flounder. They have breaded chicken strips. Mm, 
and they come with you know they have salad and a cheese puff pastry. So there's some, some nice choices for kids, but that cheeseburger thing, I got to tell you, looked pretty good. This is also a restaurant where you don't have to spend a lot of money. You could literally go and have the soup and their bread, and that would be a great afternoon treat. To stave off the hunger. Yeah, if you're looking for a light lunch, a cup of soup at $6 and a, a, a salad, a, a cheese platter at $10, I think would fill up most people for lunch and be a really nice treat. And it's a way to get out of the crowd at Epcot. I just, you know, it's a great, great location. It's right at the International Gateway. I'm surprised people aren't fighting to get in here. I really am. Kevin, do they, their appetizers, escargot? Uh, they have... Uh, yep, you can get a cassoulet d'escargot, cool. de bourguignon on beurre, on bear, whatever, which is a casserole of burgundy escargots baked in parsley and garlic butter. That's nine ninety five. Okay. Uh, there's a, a salmon appetizer. There is a cheese plate. There is a rustic assortment of French pâtés and charcuteries. There's also three uh, preludes, which are three flatbreads, each at each about nine dollars a piece. And there's a couple of salads, and there's three different soups. So it's really, if you're looking to pick and choose, or if you're looking for the full experience, and again, you yeah. want something that's, you know, the three most popular items, that French menu for thirty two ninety five. I added it up, and it worked out. If you were buying those pieces separately, it worked out to be about 38 or $39. So wow. you save 6 or $7 or $8. That's a good deal, then. Yeah. We've never eaten there, but I've always thought that of all the menus, it was always one of the most extensive, had a lot to offer as they, far as food and drink. They also break it up into there's a fish, a meat, and a vegetarian yeah, platter. I like that they do Two that. vegetarian dishes. So if you've got somebody who's a, a vegan, you can go in there and have stuff that's not got meat or fish in it. Awesome. I would recommend this place highly. As a matter of fact, we're going to go back. I don't know that we'll be going back before the end of the holidays because it's kind of crowded at this point, but I can guarantee you that we'll be going back and not as a work meal, just as a dinner. Just to enjoy it, yeah. Mm. It's a great restaurant. So Great. Well, thank you very much, Kevin. We appreciate your review. All right. It is time. It is time for the big cruise drawing. We've been talking about this for a while that uh, we, um, from all the emails that we uh, read on the show, uh, this year, we are going to select one one winner at random to win a seven night cruise. And I know that you are all anxiously waiting for me to pick a winner. And I'm just wondering how long I'm going to drag this out after the next commercial break. I have, right, <laughs> I have music right Coming after up. this. Right after this, I have music. Tell us a story, Uncle Pete. <laughs> oh, dear God! <laughs> so I am. I am picking out an email after shuffling this huge pile that, that Julie had. It's a good three inches of emails. Who's oh. the winner? The winner is Denise Dugan, Tallahassee, Florida. Congratulations. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> she sent us an email on August 13th uh, about... Uh, about a building across from downtown Disney that she always thought had something to do with Cruise Line because it looks like a cruise ship. Oh, it was she a question was about, about uh, Vista. Well, partners now, but yeah. that's cool. So uh, congratulations, uh, Hyper Mommy. Denise Dugan, Tallahassee, Florida. You are the winner of Seven Night Cruise, courtesy of Dreams Unlimited Travel. Congratulations. 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 Merry congratulations. Christmas. And uh, someone from Dreams is going to be getting in touch with you to organize all that. So... Um, 
Wow. Congratulations. Congratulations. Congrats. I hope awesome. you're listening to I these. Know. This is a nice Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, really. I hope our family's going nuts right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think what we need to make sure we send her like an email on Christmas Day and make sure she sees that, you know, hey, you won. So what? A, I, I'm glad we did this. I'm glad we waited to do something like this for Christmas Day, for a Christmas Day show. Mm. It's very cool. Very, so, very cool. Congratulations, uh, Denise. And now to all of you who were hoping to win a cruise. There are cruises coming up next year, I promise. Cruises coming up next year. We got a lot. Got a lot. We're doing a lot next year. So, by no means is this the last opportunity you're going to have. As a matter of fact, there may be opportunities in the not too distant future. Well, again, congratulations, uh, Denise, and thank you to everybody who sent emails in uh, this year. It was uh, we got some really, really great uh, emails from you guys. We've gotten to know a lot of you guys better through these emails and through your voicemails. It, uh, it and now really, through the pod meet, and now through the or through our podcast meet. So we're uh, we're gonna have plenty of things to give away next year. We're gonna have plenty of cruises to give away next year, and some special stuff we're gonna announce um, in the beginning of the year. So um, congratulations! Well, since this is the last show of 2007, I just wanted to say, on behalf of everyone here at the Diz, our our team here at the Roundtable, our staff, our volunteers who work very hard to bring you the best. Disney site on the internet. We wish you a very Merry Christmas and a very Happy New Year. We'll be back with you again next week with our first show of 2008. So from all of us here, Merry Christmas and thanks for listening. Have yourself a merry little Christmas let your heart be light Next year all our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide game Next year all our troubles will be miles away Once again as in olden days Happy golden days Faithful friends who are dear to us Will be near to us once more Someday soon we all will be together If the fates allow Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a merry little Christmas night.